0: Hey there, welcome to the Altered Podcast. This is a place for people like you and me who are being altered by God to the suffering that has altered our lives. I'm so glad you're checking us out today. Today's episode is called Bringing Meaning. One of the hardest things when we encounter suffering of any kind uh, is that often, if not always, it feels unfair or unjust or undeserved and even pointless. And when we can't see any possible reason or any possible good reason why God would allow our suffering, and, and then when he remains silent to our pleas for healing and to bring it into our grief, it's very easy to start believing God isn't doing a very good job. Or God just might not be there at all anymore. Too many times has the Christian been faced with the suffering he or she did not ask for, the suffering he or she did not deserve, and takes it personally. And I mean, how can any of us not take it personally? God is a very personal God of whom we have a very personal relationship with. This personal God also controls all things. So when suffering enters our world in a personal way, and we ask God to personally take care of it or to get rid of it, and he doesn't, our suffering feels very personal. It begins to feel as if God is punishing us for something we don't even know what we did. We start thinking and saying things like, why did he do this to me? Is God mad at me? I thought He loved me. Why would He be so cruel to me? Ever since suffering entered the world, there was a promise given a promise of a sending. A grand deliverer would be sent who would reverse the curse of death. Suffering has been a normal part of our abnormal world ever since sin's introduction into it. The grand deliverer was sent at just the right time in history his mission destroy death and bring life 1 john 3:8 this mission was god the father sending god the son we call this the missio dei the sending of god crux to that mission was the god who was sent suffering the cross suffering then is very much a part of the missio dei the mission of god was executed in sending God, Jesus, to suffer and die, paying for our sins and rising three days later. Suffering is missional. He has passed that same mission on to all of us. Destroy death, bring life by making disciples. Now, like him, we suffer and we die to our selfish desires and we live a resurrected life for him. So the big question is, how can we stop taking suffering personal and start making it missional? How can we stop taking suffering personal and start making it missional? I think we have to change our perspective. We have to reframe our circumstances. God loves us and has our good in mind. This leaves us no other option than God has a plan for us. And our suffering, though not desired, is a part of that plan. Now let's say that again, but replace the word plan with mission. This leaves us no other option than God has a mission for us and our suffering, though not desired, is a part of that mission. We tend to make suffering a private matter. We're either embarrassed by it, we don't want to bother others with it, or we're scared we may lose a job or a friend or a family member. When suffering is public, we have the opportunity, though, to picture the gospel to those who are watching us. 2 Corinthians 4, 7-12 talks about this. Suffering pictures the message of life to those around us. Paul says this about his own suffering in this passage. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not of ourselves. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death works in us, but life in you. When we see that our suffering is missional, it brings meaning to our seemingly meaningless and pointless hurt. So application, how do we help bring meaning to others' suffering and to our own? Your suffering isn't personal it's missional. God is calling you. He has handpicked you to share in his mission, to share in his suffering. Like Paul, our suffering pictures the gospel, the death and resurrection. It reveals Jesus, death and life. So if at all possible, let's take as much as wisdom will allow of our suffering public. If our suffering is an invitation from God to join him in his mission, then let's purpose to make either all or some aspects of our suffering public so others will see the gospel in how we entrust ourselves to God while suffering. Going public with our suffering is a delicate thing which takes wisdom and advice from others. So as we purpose to share our stories, before we do, let's consider a few things. First thing is timing. Is your story ready to go? or you need more healing. There may be a relationship that needs to heal or reconcile first. Maybe you need to reconcile with God first. Do you need to take some time before in order to figure out how you want to talk about your story? You know, how to make it most effective and clear in its mission? Maybe you need to practice or write out key aspects to put it in a way that captures the mission behind your story. Here's an example. Suffering had completely altered my life, ministry, career, marriage, family dynamic, social circles, all in one swoop. Suffering, however, did not take my mission away as a believer to make disciples. So after feeling like God took everything away from me, I decided to reframe my circumstances. I spent some time figuring out how the two fit together for me. I spent time figuring out my elevator pitch which I'll talk about in the second point. After some time, I married my suffering and mission in this. The suffering that has drastically altered my life, God has been using to radically alter me into looking more like Jesus. Kind of sounds familiar, huh? My mission then became the suffering that has drastically altered my life, I will leverage to use for God to radically alter the lives of other sufferers. So before we share our stories and make our suffering missional, we want to think about the timing. Number two, details. Let me think through the details. When sharing personal stuff, we always need to ask ourselves what to share and what not to share. We are not being secretive or disingenuous or inauthentic by not sharing every aspect. We are probably exercising wisdom in doing this. Some personal aspects should remain private, while others can be shared. When it comes to other spouses or friends or family members, we never should share unless they allow us to. Much of what I deal with is tightly intertwined with my wife. I don't share any detail without running it by her first. Once you've decided what details of your story are appropriate, then you need to think about how to marry those details with your mission. This will be personal to you. This will be tailor-fit to you. One thing you may want to try making is an elevator pitch, like I mentioned. An elevator pitch is basically 25 words or less to tell the mission of your suffering, to do the highlight, the overview of your story. It should leave them wanting to hear more. And the idea is you need to communicate your story and mission before the elevator ride is over and the person steps out. Example, the suffering that drastically altered my life, career, and marriage, God has used to radically alter me, and he can do the same for you. That's my elevator pitch. The suffering that drastically altered my life, career, and marriage, God has used to radically alter me, and he can do the same for you. It's a good exercise in communicating clearly and concisely. The third thing we need to think about is context or environment. Where will we be sharing our suffering? Where will we be telling our story? And I think there's a number of different places we can do this, but I think the best place to start is small. Maybe it's a small group from church. Maybe it's a Bible study. Maybe it's a men's group or a women's group. Maybe it's just a group of guys or girls that get together and get coffee. Maybe it's a recovery group like AA or Celebrate Recovery or another. And, and there's three reasons why I say that. First is safe. These places are safe. You'll find grace and not judgment from the people that you're close to and love you and you have that deep relationship with. Another reason, the second reason is practice. It's practice. You get to practice on your friends and family, how to talk about it, how to put out those details I just talked about, how to frame it, how to word it, and you can get their feedback. And that's the third reason why, is feedback. Not only will you get their feedback on how to tell your story better, but you'll get feedback on if you need to branch your story out wider and make it more public. Maybe go from a small group at church to your church family and take your testimony in front of them. That small group will be the people to give you the wisdom and advice you need to know what to do next. Remember, your suffering is not personal. It is missional. God is calling you. He has handpicked you to share in his mission, to share in his suffering. Our suffering pictures the gospel, the death and resurrection of Jesus. So if at all possible, let's take as much as wisdom will allow us to take our suffering public and then suffer well for others to see. We bring meaning to people's suffering and our own when we let them in on the fact that their suffering is not personal, it is missional, full of eternal significance. What we want to do is help those suffering see that it isn't personal, that God is not mad at them, has forgotten them, or is punishing them. We want to help them see that their suffering is god personally calling them he's personally chosen and picked them to join him in his mission